Center Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you in the sports pen. Glad to have you along as always. Once again, it is Friday. We're thankful for it. That means Ryan Stieg is here. What's going on, Ryan? Uh, not bad. I, uh, for the most part, I have the weekend off, so it's a good thing. Um, so, I mean, I'll be at Order Shore a little bit tomorrow, but uh, other than that, I have the weekend free, so I'm hoping the weather's nice and I can go do something. <laughs> well, I tell you what, it should be a fun weekend for it. should be good weather. At least I'm enjoying this so far. A little bit hot out. Basically, I would say, other than practices, next week is probably the last quiet week of here. I mean, yeah, practices are going on, but, like, there's no live you know, real high school events, but it's going to pick up quickly. So it's kind of a the last relaxing weekend, if there is one. Well, I tell you what, we got a lot to get to today over the course of the next hour. Preseason football, football's kind of back. We've got at least some stuff we learned last night we're going to break down over the course of the next hour. Plus the whole Kelly Bryant drama, what have you. Should he get a ring? Should he not get a ring? We'll talk about it later, maybe even debate it later. Also... Who is leading the MLB MVP race? We're going to answer those questions. We'll have the Friday funnies, what he looks like, all that and more coming up over the course of the next hour. But I tell you what, I want to start, we're going to get to the Lions and Packers shortly, but I want to start with what happened in the Giants and Jets game. And it wasn't uh, excuse me, it wasn't Daniel Jones, it was Adam Gase, who ever since he had that crazy eyes press conference with the Jets... He seems to be a whole different person. Like in Miami, he was calm, composed. He seemed like a steady hand, a you know, good leader. Since he's come to New York, he has been this weird meme. He has been a weird guy. His eyes going everywhere. Now he's got a beard. In case you missed it, apparently his wife is getting a C-section. And I don't know if that caused anxiety or something. Or if he was up late because, you know, he needed to be with her or something. But... Prior to kickoff last night against the New York Giants, he put some smelling salts on his hand. What appeared to be smelling salts. We hope it was smelling salts because it was on live TV and took a bump. (laughs) (laughs) He literally put it on his hand, took a bump, and it was weird. You saw his eyes just roll back into his head, and he did that shake of his head, you know, like with his beard. He's like, and it was was one of the weirdest things I think I've ever seen. like a handful of coke or something. That he I was hope taking. that's not what it was, but it looked like yeah, based it, on how he took it. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. Like he got a quick rush out of it, and just his smile was bright, and just <laughs> I'm excited now. So, but he's a weird guy. He's you such know? a weirdo. That they he he drinks five or six twenty ounce cups of coffee a day. Mm. Plus, sometimes Red Bull <laughs> along with that. They said he gets less than four hours of sleep a night. And just looks insane the majority of the time. And apparently is so obsessed with his job. I Mm -hmm. think there's a story up there where his wife was giving birth or something. And he, like... He looked at her and was just like, are you done so I can leave? (laughs) We good now? I've got a 2 o'clock with Peyton Manning. (laughs) Yeah. It was... I mean, how would you... It's weird that his wife was okay with that. I'm, I'm pretty sure if my wife was giving birth, she'd be like, can you, like, linger a little while longer? <laughs> Maybe say hi to the kid. <laughs> but he was out yeah, of you there. You want to meet your kid? No, I got lunch with Peyton Manning. Yeah, it's like I, I got a lunch function I got to go to. It was, uh, it's, he's a weird guy. Yeah. And the, as you're saying, when he was with the Dolphins, he was just like a normal yeah. human. And now it's like ever since he took a head coaching <laughs> job, he's kind of lost his mind. Now I understand there's some guys who get their first gig mm-hmm. and they really go full bore into it. They put all their effort into it. But this is like a whole new level. Like he <laughs> he can't like handle it like mentally. Like we, It's still yet to be seen if he can handle it on the sidelines. Mm-hmm. But he's just like slowly circling the dragon <laughs> in a way he looks like, like a completely different person than the guy who was coaching the dolphins just a year ago did you see his uh like his opening press conference where the whole time his eyes are mm-hmm. like yeah, wide? crazy eyes <laughs> and then last night takes a hit of smelling salts okay. and i don't think that's the way you're supposed to use them either i don't think that's the way you want to take a hit of your smelling salts yeah but i tell you what it got me thinking you know it was great tv wonder if that'd be good radio I cannot, for the life of me, find smelling salts. I don't know where you would, you know, go to go fill your smelling salt needs. So I brought this bucket of real salt here from home. You want to take a bump? No, I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
I now I'm okay. I uh, I think the listeners want you to do it. <laughs> How about you do it? You're the one leading the show. Um, but uh, when you look at it, and I'm, from what I've seen, when people use smelling salts, it's like they wave it under their nose, mm-hmm. like it's powerful enough, so it's like just a quick sniff of it you like you're not supposed you to shove it. it yeah you're not supposed to shove it up your nose <laughs> like in this mass like it wasn't just slight he like shoved a tablet or oh, yeah. something up there it was like uh, it worries me that one that he needs it <laughs> but two that he took that much and it just that was the weirdest thing. There was a lot of wacky stuff going on in the preseason, but that was the highlight of it. And why do it on the sideline? Like, you're going to do that? Do it in the locker room. Yeah. <laughs> why? You have cameras all over. Yeah. And you're on live TV. You have a bunch of people looking at you because it's your first game. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you can hide behind somebody and take it, like hide by the Gatorade cooler. It's like he did it like putting his headset on yeah. and just took a hit out of it. So, yeah. I tell you what, Tanner Hoops, Ryan Steig with you again Friday afternoon. There is some stuff we can learn from the preseason. You don't want to get too excited about it. Don't take smelling salts. Right, don't (laughs) take smelling salts, but there is something that we can learn. And there are a few things that I thought were encouraging for a few teams. We'll get to some of the quarterbacks here in a moment. I want to start locally with the Packers and with the Lions. With Green Bay... I wasn't too high on them this year. I know they went out and either. retooled that defense. I know that they've gotten better on defense. They focused about 90% of the offseason there. Offensively, though, I'm really encouraged for Green Bay. As a Green Bay fan, I'm pretty encouraged after what I saw last night because the acquisition of offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett is starting to look really, really good right now. Sometimes you see what coaches are going to do in the preseason. You start to get a little taste of how the relationship's going to go between a head coach and a new coordinator. Like a guy like Cliff Kingsbury, he ran Kyler Murray out of the shotgun ten times. That's not going to happen in the regular season. I don't think anything that Kingsbury showed last night is part of his actual playbook. I think he's going to hold that to the belt until week one. But Nathaniel Hackett gave us a look at what the Packers could look like this season. And I tell you what, gave me a lot of encouragement from a Packers standpoint. I... I, I'm not quite buying it yet. I wrote my column this week, and last week I made my Lions predictions on the season. This week's my Packers predictions on the season. I'm not buying it. I just, I'm not, they tweak some stuff, but mm-hmm. there's still a lot of flaws oh, yeah. with that team. I mean, they're, and the Bears and Vikings are the better teams the conference. They are, they so, still are. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, I mean, Aaron Jones is okay, but he's mm-hmm. still not the reliable running back that no. they need. Um, they have one good receiver, and they got a bunch of guys who are attempting to be the number two right. receiver. And it's just new coach. You wonder how that's going to play out with Lafleur from the beginning. Who, by the way, I, I, there's going to be so many dodgeball jokes coming <laughs> out of, coming out of that, you know, this season. Um, but yeah, I I know they improved the defense a little bit, but it's just. I feel like it's a work in progress. I don't mm-hmm. think it's going to be a big turnaround this year. Maybe next year they might be better, but I think it's at best, at best, I think they'll be 7-9. and nine. Here's the biggest change that I was able to get from last night as compared to the pre-Nathaniel Hackett era. This might be the best running attack Aaron Rodgers is going to work with since they won the Super Bowl in 2010. And it's not because Aaron Jones is a total workhorse or he's the complete package. Not even Dexter Williams, a guy that I'm really high on. Notre Damer touched the ball 14 times last night, did pretty well. It's not because of those guys necessarily. But Hackett comes from a system that he designed around Maurice Jones-Drew. He's had some talented runners to work with in Jacksonville. And that was a run-heavy designed offense because Blake Bortles was a quarterback. Now he upgrades at the quarterback position, but you're starting to give Aaron a little bit of balance. For a long time, the Packers' offensive game plan used to be, okay, Aaron, we need you to go out there and do something great. Like, just wow everybody, because we don't have a great defense for you to work with. We need this to be a 34-31 score with two minutes to play, and then we need you to take the team down the field and do something miraculous. That was the Packers' game plan for a long time. And you can make that work, but you need to give him some good weapons to work with. And they had a much better receiving core than they have right now. And like you said, Devontae Adams is a heck of a wideout. He is arguably top five, for sure top ten in the NFL. And then you've got some guys like... Baldez, Scantling, St. Brown, who's going to take the next step? Because somebody's going to have to this year, and there was reason to be encouraged with that group last night as well. There's, I mean, Adam's going to be double coverage, right. uh, double covered a lot this year, so you got to have someone step up. It's just, it's, 
I'm wondering how much lo- how long it'll take before Aaron starts ignoring Matt Lafleur mm-hmm. because, as it's been blatantly clear the last couple of years, Rodgers will shook off Mike McCarthy's play calls on a regular basis. I mean, he would occasionally run one if he liked it, but <laughs> several times he would just shrug it off and do his own play. So I'm wondering how long or if he will be respond- responding to Matt LaFleur from the beginning because you got a guy who's younger than he is. It was his first real head coaching gig. Coached at Northern yeah. for a year. Back in 06. Yeah, but it's like He's taking over with a future Hall of Fame quarterback, and mm-hmm. he's trying to tell a future Hall of Fame quarterback his offense and how she would he would do it. And I'm wondering how long it'll take, if he'll respond to it in the first game, or how long, if he does, if he's going to stick with it. Because my guess is if things start off slow, because they got two tough games out of the gate, mm-hmm. and if they go 0-2, Aaron probably isn't going to listen to Matt LaFleur right. much longer. Right, it might be a short leash for both. LaFleur in the sense that he won't have Rodgers' respect yeah. and the fans may not end up respecting him. Although I think there is a little bit of frustration from the fans starting to fall on Aaron Rodgers oh. at this point. But like you said, I mean, they're so similar in age, LaFleur and Rodgers, plus Nathaniel uh, Hackett, he's only 39. It's it's interesting. I will give the Packers a lot of credit because they're doing a more of a younger youth movement because there's a big flaw with professional sports and mm-hmm. college to a lesser extent where – they hire the same guys over and over again. These yep. are guys who have been fired four or five times in their career, have extreme lack of success, but, you know, GMs think the six times the charm <laughs> or something like that. Let's and, keep giving Romeo Cronella a job. Yeah, Maybe it'll work. I mean, Greg Robinson, who uh, who is a disaster of a coach, he, he keeps getting jobs, mm-hmm. and he's terrible, just <laughs> flat-out awful as a coach. And I just don't understand it. So I give the Packers credit. They're thinking a little bit outside the box. They're getting younger guys just to see if that works because you can't keep going with retreads because if they were really good, they would have kept their jobs. Right. <laughs> and, I mean, sometimes that happens. Sometimes you'll have a team and – okay, the head coach gets fired and the coordinators kind of get the raw deal and they're Mm -hmm. kicked aside. But if it keeps happening to you, you're clearly not good at your job. And so I give the Packers, you know, kudos to them to do what they're doing. Well, I tell you what, a few quarterbacks that had some pretty good nights last night, we were all excited to see Kyler Murray and Daniel Jones. Well, at least we were excited to see Kyler Murray. I think we were maybe not excited. We were just (laughs) hoping to see Daniel Jones. And both of them were nearly perfect last night. They had really good debuts. It's kind of a lose-lose situation being a young quarterback in the preseason because if you do good like they did, oh, well, they're going up against backup defenses. Do it the regular season. If they do bad, then, oh, my gosh, why did we draft this guy? And they both looked really good last night. And, again, you can't take a lot of stock into the preseason, but it still was pretty encouraging to see what they were able to do. I never take a whole lot of things going into the preseason games. <clears throat> They're basically glorified scrimmages. <laughs> and, I mean, it was encouraging to see what they did, but I'm leaning towards more. I want to see how week one goes. Mm-hmm. I want to see what they can do when there's pressure and, you know, when the guys are like a good, legit pass rush is coming at you, not a bunch of second or third stringers. Right. Um, so it was encouraging in its own way, but don't get too excited if you're a Giants or Cardinals fan, it's like, let's see how week one goes. Let's, um, which by the way, Kyler gets to face the Lions, mm. who looked atrocious last night. <laughs> so maybe he will have a good game in the first game. But uh, I'm not sure who Daniel Jones gets in week one. But They have the Cowboys, I think. Well, maybe he has a chance to yeah. do well. I mean, I think Kyler is a better chance. But, you know, it's, it's encouraging in its own way, but I'm not getting too excited. Well, I tell you what, Dwayne Haskins struggled against the Cleveland Browns, yet he still came out of the night looking okay. If you listen to his post-game interview... He knew the mistakes that he made. He knew what he should have done. When he was talking to reporters, he said, this is why I made that throw, and this is what I'm going to do to correct it. It's all about learning at this point. When you're a young quarterback like that, the Redskins don't have Super Bowl aspirations this year. It's all about learning, and that's what you want to see out of Haskins. Now, if he keeps doing it, then you're going to be concerned. Then you're going to have a little time to worry but I guarantee that as long as he understands what happened, Jay Gruden is going to get that defensive coaching staff together, and within the next day or two, he is going to be seeing Dwayne Haskins will the same plays that he was intercepted on, and he is going to be given the opportunity to correct those mistakes. I give quarterbacks who can understand what they did wrong 
um, a lot of credit because mm. sometimes quarterbacks are really stubborn. And yeah, I made that throw because I wanted to make that throw <laughs> or something like that. It's just, but being able to look at it and say like, okay, I shouldn't have done this, and this is why I didn't do it. What should I have done instead? And being able to respond to that—that's a good thing for him. Uh, you're right, the Redskins are not going to have a good year. They um, when was the last time they had legit Super Bowl aspirations? Maybe Griffin's first year. Oh man, it's been a while. <laughs> like, I mean, they're going to. I thought maybe a couple of years a wild card team, but mm-hmm. yeah, I mean they were always a few steps behind. As long as Dan Snyder is the owner <laughs> of the Skins, they're not going to go anywhere. He's such a mess of an owner. <laughs> I mean the ego on that guy is insane. Um, remember when he used to throw a bunch of money after guys who were completely washed mm-hmm. up, thinking, "Oh, I know his name." Yep. <laughs> like when I they, remember him. Yeah, I mean obviously, I mean yeah, he's forty, but I mean he's clearly the guy. He was at twenty eight. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, it was a good thing for Haskins. I'm hoping he can turn into something. My wife's an Ohio State fan, so I'm mm. sure she's excited to see him, you know, perform well in the NFL. So, well, I tell you what, the other team that really the only team that was more encouraging than the Packers last night was Cleveland. I mean, I know it's preseason, Weirdly. but they they did look good yeah. last night. And, you know, there's that fun little story about the guy who did the kickoff return, mm-hmm. you know. Um, well, how about that story, too? Yeah. Damon Sheehy Giuseppe. Great name. Great name. <laughs> and I think he's got a Traverse City connection. Used to live there. Okay. I think so. I think that's his connection to northern Michigan. But what a great story. And if you've missed that, this guy was homeless a few years ago. He was a JUCO product. I think he went to Phoenix College and returned kicks for them. He's got insane speed. He ran a 4.3-something in the 40. He has just got insane raw speed. He talked his way into a tryout. Cleveland said, fine they finally gave in he had to make his way to cleveland though you know barely you know with a hundred bucks in his pocket he does talks his way into the tryout makes the team at least for now he's on the roster during the preseason that'll continue to get cut down as we get closer to september but then last night he gets in the game and he has a kick return for a touchdown i've actually got the audio from it Sheehy Giuseppe's got it at the 14 juggle. Now he's to the 20, 25, here he goes, 30, 40, he's to the 50, he's to the 40, now he's in open field, 20, 10, 5, touchdown! Damian Sheehy Giuseppe! And the entire Browns team (laughs) races down into the end zone! This is how it will be when we win the AFC! A scene just like that! 86 yards! I don't mean to get away from the moral of the story and how cool of a story it is, but I love the part where he says, this is how it's going to look when we win the AFC. Yeah. They still might be a year or two away from that. I think so. <laughs> There's a chance that they might be a wild card team this year, but mm-hmm. I think they need a, like need another year to be able to get where they want to be. But, uh, you know, good for the Browns. They're turning themselves around as a franchise. It's slow, but they're yep. turning it around. Um, I just... It's preseason is preseason, and that's why I think Lions fans need to take from that because I watched maybe five minutes that game and turned it off. Yeah. Because now they did get a raw deal to start off because they had to deal with the defending Super Bowl champs in their first preseason game. Right. But to only manage three points, mm-hmm. it's like, what what's going on, Daryl Bevel? <laughs> I mean, it's like he was supposed to be this great offensive coordinator whose mm-hmm. legacy will be that Super Bowl play. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I just don't I, – I, I would be – yeah, I don't take a whole lot of stock in the preseason, but when you only manage three points and you give up 31, that's a, that's a bit concerning. Um, granted, Stafford didn't play. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of the starters didn't play, but – I'm hoping that they'll be better in, in their second preseason game, but to get lit up like they did, that's a little concerning. The game was over as soon as their head coach was on the field with a cart, with yeah. a golf cart, and then the knee cart on the sideline. Yeah. It was over by then. And then when Jermaine Kearse yep. was carted off on his cart. So, <laughs> I mean, a lot of cart Mm-hmm. things. That was kind of the story of the uh, Lions game, but uh, I, I wouldn't give up completely you know, if a Lions fan. It is preseason, and as people love to point out, the year they went 0-16, they won all their preseason games. Yeah. So you won all the scrimmages and then <laughs> lost all the important games. So you don't get too frustrated yet. I mean, it was a little concerning, but Stafford will play next week. 
at least to start. I mean, I think in isn't week two where they keep where like the starters play like the first couple series or something like that. Probably, yeah. And then I think week three, I think they usually play the first quarter all the way through, mm. and then they don't play in week four. So it's. How would you feel about preseason? Would you whittle it down? There, in my opinion, there doesn't need to be th- four games. No, it's it's way too many. Right. You could maybe get by with three, possibly just two, mm-hmm. but you don't need four. It's no. just <laughs> you're you're trying to make extra money on a game that people aren't going to really watch. It's a joke. Danner Hoops, Ryan Steig, with you. We're overdue for a break, so let's take one now. When we come back, Kelly Bryant. Does he deserve a championship ring? We'll talk about it next on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back to The Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you. Glad to have you along on this Friday afternoon. Well, Kelly Bryant and Dabo Sweeney, kind of at odds. Former quarterback at Clemson been in the media wondering if he should get a national championship ring from Clemson. Tigers went on to win the national title after benching Bryant in favor of Trevor Lawrence four games into the season. Bryant then transferred before the end of the season. He is now the quarterback at Missouri. But since he won four games for the Tigers, they have a little bit of controversy regarding should they give Kelly Bryant the national championship ring that members of the team got last year. What do you think? I really don't have a problem with it because yeah. technically he led the team to wins. You know, he just got Lawrence was the better quarterback. He got, you know, his playing time taken away, but he still was a part of that team for a good chunk of the year. So I don't have a problem with it. I can understand why people are upset over it, but in my opinion, it's kind of a overblown thing. It is overblown. I tell you what, I wouldn't give him the ring if I were Clemson. Okay. I wouldn't because for what? Okay, I would agree with you in the sense that. He did help the team win four games early on, albeit it was against Georgia Southern, Furman. Uh, I could go out there and play quarterback for Clemson, probably win those games. Uh, But I tell you what, if he would have stayed on the roster, being benched is one thing, leaving the program, and I get why he did it. I don't have a problem with that. You know, you want to move on with your life as quickly as possible because you know you're never going to be quarterback Clemson again, so you want to move on somewhere else and do it as quickly as you can. No use waiting and pushing off the inevitable. I don't blame him for that, but at the same point, he wasn't on the roster for the championship. It's like if I tell Tom, our GM, right across the hall, if I go in and say, Tom, I'm done, uh, am I still going to get my Christmas bonus? Like if I leave right now, He's not going to pay me for, you know, my Christmas bonus. Well, it depends on it. You signed a contract. <laughs> if you signed a contract, Tom has to give you a Christmas well, bonus. <laughs> the semantics of it, yes. <laughs> if we're going to get if we're going to get into lawyer talk, yeah, yeah, <laughs> technically he has to, but if you did not, no, he doesn't have to do it. So I tell you what, I don't know. There's a lot of opinions going on. I don't think Kelly Bryant is going to get the ring. I don't even know why you'd want that ring. Like, would you accept that ring if you were Kelly Bryant? I'm sure he'd take it, but it was more like a half-hearted thing because sh- I wonder if he has a lot of animosity towards the team. I bet he does. I if he, yeah, if he does, then it's like, wow, thanks. I'll put it in my, link- my pile of collectibles <laughs> over my career. I'd pawn it. Really? How much do you think you'd get over it? I don't know. It's a good question. It's a good question. 2019 Clemson Championship ring? You could get quite a bit I over it. I bet you could. Yeah, um, but he, I bet he's probably still te- steamed at them. I don't know if he would take it. I probably wouldn't, mm. um, especially if I got benched yeah. when I was actually doing fairly well and just in favor of a freshman who mm-hmm. ended up having a great year. Right. I can see it was a blow to his ego and he wanted to move on. So I wouldn't take it, but I also don't, if they want to give it to him, it's not that big of a deal to me either. So it's an odd story. Well, I tell you what, I don't mean to move too quickly on that, but we still got a lot to get to, and we are hitting the bottom of the hour here in a couple of minutes. So let's get to this quickly. The MLB MVP race. It's going to be Mike Trout again in the American League. I mean, we all know Mike Trout's on his way to another MVP season, but if there's anyone who might catch him, right now I'd say it's DJ LeMayhew. I think he's the only one that could deny Mike Trout the MVP. He might get a few votes, I Mm -hmm. think, taken away from him, but... uh... 
baseball writers, they love Mike Trout. Yes, they do. They're all about his stats, and uh, there's still people steamed when uh, Cabrera got the triple crown that he mm-hmm. beat out Mike Trout. I don't have a problem with that. It's the first triple crown in decades, yeah. so he deserved it. But, uh, yeah, there's uh, he's going to be a shoe-in. I think he might lose a couple boats, but he's fine. In the National League, there's a lot of guys in the conversation. There's guys like Rendon, Acuna, maybe even Jeff McNeil. Somebody mentioned Mm. Jeff McNeil earlier today, Mm. and I thought, well, he's got no chance. You can put him in the conversation if you want. But there's a lot of guys in the conversation. There's just two who are actually going to contend for it. Christian Yelich is either going to repeat or Cody Bellinger will be this year's NL MVP. There's a lot of guys in the conversation, but it's a two-person race. So the yelly versus belly kind of thing yep. that the commercials they're going off on. Uh, I think it's probably going to go to Bellinger if he keeps up his pace just because the Dodgers are having a better year. Right. That may end up being the tiebreaker, how the teams are doing this. Yeah, I mean, the Brewers still contending for a playoff shot, but they were a lot more shaky than they were this year than they were last year. Mm-hmm. The Dodgers are by far the front runner in the NL. Um, probably the World Series pick. I think this is their last gasp to win the World <laughs> Series, you know, and I still don't think they're going to do it. Right. But, uh, yeah, I think Bellinger will edge him out just simply because the Dodgers are having a better year, and he's a big part of that. So I think Yelich got it last year a lot of because he kind of came out of nowhere and the Brewers kind of came out of nowhere. Right. It was a fun little story that went on here. But uh, with the Brewers struggling, maybe if they turned it on in yep. the last few weeks, you know, and – Yelich can continue to put on a good pace. I think he might contend a little more, but I think Bellinger's got it. Because he's doing everything possible to mm-hmm. win the MVP mm-hmm. again. No one can say he isn't deserving yeah. of it if he does get it, but Bellinger's putting up similar numbers, and his mm-hmm. team is doing a lot better, and that might end up being the tiebreaker. Whether that's right or wrong, I don't know, but that's probably what is going to be the tiebreaker in the eyes of a lot of sports writers. Yeah, and a lot, of, and that's the case in a lot of sports. You know, Who had the better team? Who had the success? Um you know, some people were saying. I remember the one year when uh, Justin Morneau got the MVP yeah. over uh, Derek Jeter. Yep. And New York sports writers were losing their minds over it, but the logic was Justin Morneau meant more to his team that year. Mm-hmm. If Justin Morneau wasn't on the team, the Twins probably wouldn't have the season that they nope. did. Whereas Jeter, the Yankees would have been fine even if they didn't have Jeter on the team. So that was where the logic is. It's all about not only do you have the stats, but what did you actually do for your team? Would the Brewers have contended last year without Yelich, do mm-hmm. you think? No. Probably not. You know, whereas, you know, the Dodgers are successfully here. Bellinger's a big part of that. It's just, I think Cody's going to get it. But if Christian were to get it, it's not going to be a shock to me. Well, I tell you what, uh, speaking of baseball, before we hit the break, Twins put Nelson Cruz on the injured list today. Yep. So say goodbye to the division. Congrats to the Indians on the 2019 American League Central Championship. I'm not, I'm not going that far. I think it'll be. I think I shouldn't be. I'm just pessimistic. And it, welcome to being a Minnesota. Fan. I know. <laughs> you just as soon as something bad happens, you kind of give up. And the Mets are starting to make us think, man, they really are going to be a playoff team. Maybe we owe them an apology. They picked up Joe Panic, former Gold Glove winner with the Giants. He was DFA'd earlier this week. They picked him up. Fills a needed second base for them. And just like that, it looks like that they are going to be a playoff team in the National League. How sad is that? Yeah, I know. The East is a mess. Yep. I mean, you would thought like the Phillies would be the team to get it done this year, you know, with the pickup, you know. And offensively, they're at rock bottom. Yeah, they're they're just terrible this year. And the Braves are good but mm-hmm. inconsistent. And it's just, I don't. If they were to make the playoffs, I'm not counting them to do anything because mm-hmm. they're still the Mets. <laughs> you know, that's just what they do. That's going to Met. Yep. The LOL Mets, LOL Mets. Uh, it's, um, yeah. I think if they were going to get, in, they're going to get bounced in the like the, uh, the first wild card game, the yeah. uh, the play-in game, as <laughs> I like to call it. So I think that's what's going to end up happening. But uh, yeah, and if they win, they'd get the Dodgers. Yeah. So then <laughs> it's definitely over. Um, uh, but uh, oh, and uh, how about Field of Dreams? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That, isn't that cool? How cool is that? that? I'm so excited for baseball, pro baseball at the highest level to come to Iowa. I mean, I love Field of Dreams. It's my favorite movie, mm-hmm. uh, sports movie. It's uh, I've been to the Dyersville Field yep. where Field of Dreams was. It's a really cool atmosphere. I mean, 
I mean, it's not like you're at a stadium, but it's cool. It's in the cornfield. Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, the house is still there. It's got a fun backdrop. They're building a temporary 8,000-seat <laughs> ballpark because right now the cornfield thing has two sets of bleachers. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's a cool story. Some people are wondering why the Yanke- Yankees are there. Well, the White Sox are there because, duh. Right. <laughs> it's the whole Shoeless Joe Jackson thing. Um, with the Yankees, one, it's a big market team. It helps mm-hmm. people tune in. But technically, Ray Kinsella's dad mm-hmm. was wearing a Yankees jersey at the <laughs> very was. end. Yeah, he was. So there's the little uh, storyline there. And they were from New York before mm-hmm. he moved to Iowa. So, yeah, there's the thing there. If there was any other connection they could have done, and I'm not even sure if they're on the White Sox schedule next year because it's interleague, the San Francisco Giants would have made sense because of Doc Moonlight Graham. Yeah, former uh, right. New York Giant, yep. <laughs> Doc and Moonlight And since then, Graham. they moved to San Francisco, but he was a big part of that movie, and yeah. he played for the Giants. I think if the Giants were having a better year, they mm-hmm. might have looked according to that, but I think they're like, well... The White Sox aren't very good, you know, we'll need a big draw to kind of get people, so they went the Yankees route, but you could definitely make the case for the Giants, because I love the Moonlight Graham story. And they are on the White Sox schedule next year, by the way. Okay. They actually are. The AL Central will match up with the NL West next year. Well, good. So it could have worked out, but yeah, the Yankees, from a marketing standpoint, probably were the better choice. Yeah, yeah, overall. Let's take a timeout. When we come back, what he looks like is played in the Levitard Show. We'll play it next here on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back to The Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you. Glad to have you along as always. Here's your Sports Center update. Last night, the New York Islanders took a big step towards returning to Long Island permanently. A six-member panel voted unanimously to approve the construction of a $1.3 billion arena and entertainment center that is in Long Island. It's expected to open in 2021 and serve as the team's permanent home. How about that? The name might make sense again. There you go. Not the Brooklyn Islanders, (laughs) who are not an island. The Pan Am Games. Hey, we got a Marquette guy down there, Wes Veer, rolling down there at the Pan Am Games. Yeah. Well, this news on the basketball floor. Argentina was forced to forfeit a women's basketball game against Colombia after taking the court wearing the wrong uniforms. Now, both teams' primary color is blue. Argentina was designated the visiting team by the tournament committee, but instead of taking the floor in their road whites, because road white, I guess, it's different. It's the opposite of high school up here. But both teams showed up in their home blue. Argentina was forced to forfeit the game, which was scored as a 20 to nothing win for the Colombians. With the loss, Argentina is officially eliminated from advancing to the medal round. How about that? Where's the 20 to nothing coming to I play? don't know where they get that <laughs> score. Yeah. But okay. And finally, Bill Walton had the time of his life last night. He single-handedly put an MLB game into delay and subsequently affected several media contracts. Feel free to ask a follow-up question. <laughs> Bill Walton being Bill Walton. The San Diego Padres hosted the Colorado Rockies for Grateful Dead Night at Petco Park, and Walton is a renowned deadhead, take that how you want, was invited to play in a Grateful Dead cover band prior to the game and then throw out the first pitch. Well, his first pitch was just awful, so he wanted to do it again. And after throwing out a second pitch, he wandered into the visitor's dugout because apparently he's friends with Bud Black. And he talked Bud Black into letting him deliver the lineup card to the umpires. And after he'd given them the starting lineups, then he sat there and he talked with the umpires for about five minutes. Like, they're trying to start the game, and Bill Walton won't leave. He's just hanging out at home plate, slapping the umpires on the back, going on and on. You know how baseball has those weird start times? Like, it's not 7.05 or 7 o'clock, it's 7.07. Mm -hmm. A lot of those have media contracts, and they were pushed back because of Bill Walton, because he wouldn't shut up and get off the field. So he's basically like what he is when he's broadcasting. <laughs> yeah, if anyone knows that, it would be him, you would think. Yeah, it's Bill Walton. I, I tolerate Bill Walton. <laughs> it's like I can take him in small doses, but he's just a weird guy. Uh, we got a few weirdos here. What he looks like is played on the Dan Levitard Show every Friday with Tim Kirchin. We play it here every Friday with Ryan Stig. I got... Nine pitchers up here. And speaking of weirdo, let's start with one. I've got Gabe Kapler 
former Milwaukee Brewer and current manager of the Philadelphia Phillies. If you just Google image Gabe Kapler, he is a weirdo. Like, you're going to get some weird stuff. Not, like, dirty stuff. Just be prepared. It's, it's weird. Like, you're going to see weird pictures of Gabe Kapler on there. Why is he pointing at his elbow? It's like he's flexing his he bicep does a lot and, he's of weird point- stuff. and he's pointing at his elbow. Does Gabe Kapler look like 65% of his closet space is devoted to jean shorts, fanny packs, and white New Balances? I can see that. He also looks like the kind of guy who bought a Bowflex, <laughs> you know, back in the day, used it a couple days, but uh, keeps it on display to make people think he works out all the time. <laughs> He is the weirdest manager in professional baseball. Does Pat Shermer look like the high school teacher who gets buzzed before parent-teacher conferences? Probably. Probably. <laughs> very, very, very much so. Or Takes like out the flask before giving over the report card. Yeah, very, very. Uh, he also looks like the the handsy teacher you know what i mean like in in that feature i mean look at him he's like very into the hug he's making on that person uh here we go speaking of weirdos does bearded adam gase his new beard does bearded adam gase look like he goes two for seven in an adult kickball game then rewards himself with a cold beer and a tube of bengay Ooh, yeah i would have gone the icy hot route there you Uh, go and smelling salts. <laughs> of course, the smelling salts. <laughs> he loves the smelling salts. You can't get enough of those. Does Daniel Jones look like he says on a weekly basis, don't worry, guys, my dad is really rich. He's a lawyer, as him and his friends sit in the back of a squad car. No, no, duh. He went to, do- <laughs> he went to Duke. He, he is that guy. <laughs> he just looks like the young, rich kid in college that goes joins a frat you just want to hit. Yeah. He's got a punchable face, face very if I can so. say that. Although I do like Daniel Jones. <laughs> Does Matt Nagy look like he constantly hums the Pina Colada song while at work, except when he softly sings the part where they say, do you like Pina Coladas because it's the only part he knows the words to? Yeah. <laughs> he does. He, he looks like a guy who sings songs that a lot of people will find annoying but he really he personally enjoys them they speak to him like he's a guy who like sings call me maybe in his car <laughs> i know q107 is trying to figure out the best one hit wonder from the last couple of decades next week man carly ray jepson has she ever done anything else besides that song which She's, is seven years old now like hits wise i don't think so but she was in that grease musical on fox <laughs> <laughs> Does Dan Quinn look like he eats a bologna sandwich every day and refers to it as his vitamin? I, yeah, he also looks like a man who's constantly confused. Yeah. Like he's, he will go to like a gas station and buy like a, like a Slurpee or something <laughs> like that and wonder why it's so expensive. <laughs> <laughs> It, 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 to be fair, though, he's a pretty sharp defensive mind. Yeah, Outside yeah. of football, I don't know. I don't know enough about Dan Quinn. Does Romeo Cornell always manage to look just surprised enough when his coworkers complain that someone stole their lunch out of the break room fridge? Like, he looks like a guy who everybody's first indication is that he did it, and he gives him like this, what are you kidding me? <laughs> kind of look, and... He's pro- the look he has on his face in this photo, he looks like he's like, how am I still employed? <laughs> That's what we all want to know. Yeah, it's like, how did I get hired for this job? He is not one of the better coaches in football right now. But I like Romeo Cornell. I don't know. He's, he's, he's a malleable guy for something like this. And about 80% of the time I see him, he looks confused. I... I'll always have a special place for Romeo Cornell in my heart because he ruined the Packers' perfect season <laughs> <laughs> when they went fifteen and one a couple of years yep. ago. Yeah, like uh, they lost to the Chiefs of Romeo Cornell Chiefs. Team. <laughs> a couple more here. Do Greg Williams and Jeff Fisher look like the Applebee's bartender's worst nightmare? Oh yeah, <laughs> look at those two. Uh, Jeff Fisher looks like the guy who shows up at the Applebee's bar like every other night because mm-hmm. he has nothing better to do. And Greg Williams looks like the guy who goes in there angry. And <laughs> he always at, looks angry. He, like, try to find a happy picture of Greg Williams. He can't. Yeah, and looks like he's going to pick a fight with the poor waiter who has to <laughs> give him his Bloody Mary every few minutes. He kind of reminds me of Brian Cranston in his character from Breaking Bad, but with hair. A little bit. A little bit, doesn't he? 
Last one I got here. Does Mike McCarthy look like his passion is making lawnmower care, uh, lawn care how-to videos, which have gained a cult following on YouTube? Yeah, I, I he reminds me of the guy in American Dad who does the uh, <laughs> the lawnmower video. Bernie, bit. Bernie, yeah, Bernie, I think yeah. he. Uh, he and it was bad advice. Stan yeah. almost got <laughs> yes, cut off in that episode. Yes. I saw that episode a couple nights ago. Yeah, actually, I, I love that episode. But he, uh, yeah, just that, or he operates like. If not a lawn care service, like a a roofing company, yep. and like he's really puts his whole heart into it, but really isn't that great <laughs> at it. Something blue collar and outdoors. It's yeah. pretty malleable when it comes to Mike McCarthy. Pretty much. That is what he looks like is played on the Levitard Show every Friday with Tim Kurtgen. We play it here with Ryan Stieg on the Sports Panel. Let's take our last time out. Friday Funnies to finish out the week next on ESPN UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN UP and on the ESPN UP app. If you missed any part of the show today, you can hear it on demand with our free mobile app. You can get it from the Apple iStore Store or Google Play. Just look up ESPN UP. Going to get to the far... The, oh, boy. Man. <laughs> it's Friday. It is Friday, and I tell you what, I've been stammering through this show today. I've got a splitting headache. I should have just made you in charge today. I think you could have ran the show, but... I, okay, you I don't would, know. You would have operated the switchboard, and I would have talked. Just my skill would have done. I am stammering through today. I have this pounding behind my eyes. Do you know, is it bad for you to wear daily contacts, but wear the same one? For like over and over, because I've been doing that for a week now. Because here's the thing: last week I was putting in my contacts before I came here, and one of them just exploded. Like not even tore; it just exploded when I was trying to put it in. So I got a daily one, but I'm in short supply of that too. So I've been wearing the same daily one for like over a week now, and I just have an awful headache. And the University of Minnesota, where I get my contacts, they were supposed to have the new ones here Tuesday. Still not here. Do better, Gophers. You could say that about every Gophers. <laughs> <laughs> the whole university. I tell you what, programming note before we get to the funnies. Tomorrow, our first airing of the Marquette County High School Football Kickoff Show. I talk with all five coaches tomorrow. The schedule, when it will air uh, tomorrow and then five more times until the start of the season, are available on our website, uh, social media, Facebook, and Twitter. Plus... We've got a pair of National League games, ESPN Radio on ESPN-UP this weekend, Saturday, Sunday, Phillies and Giants. You can hear them both here on ESPN-UP. Ryan, let's send us into the week. You're finally in charge like you should have been this whole episode. <laughs> what do we have for the Friday Funnies? We'll uh, start off with Kirk Cousins. I, I posted that to Facebook the other day. Kirk Cousins, Vikings quarterback, was complaining about his center, Garrett Bradbury's sweaty butt. <laughs> Apparently, Garrett Bradbury sweats a lot, mm -hmm. and his Kirk Cousins was saying his shorts were soaked yesterday, and it it messes you up mm -hmm. because when you <laughs> when you're getting a sweaty ball, basically <laughs> you're trying to have to keep a grip on it, and he was struggling with that, and he said he's hoping that since the Vikings play indoors and there's, you know, there's some cooling fans and some AC, that that won't be as much of a problem during games. But he also suggested if this gets any worse, they're going to play out of the shotgun and play out of the pistol <laughs> because he can't handle it. Now, Garrett Bradbury says this won't be a problem. And I'm thinking to myself, if this happens this on a daily basis, it's probably going to be a problem. <laughs> And it uh, so that's what I'm starting off with because if that's gonna be, Kirk's gonna have a rough year if he has to deal with that like every single play. He had a rough year last year. I mean, <laughs> he could have brought this up then. Maybe people would have forgot about it. <laughs> Got to find an excuse, man. God. Blame it on your center. I uh, of course Antonio Brown. Oh boy. Uh, people know about his foot problems, yep. and now it looks like he got it because he didn't wear proper football into a chiro chirotherapy mm -hmm. place. Went in with sweaty socks and gave himself frostbite. Yeah. So will he lose his toes? That's what I'm wondering. I mean, is something going to have to be amputated? Because if so, that could mess up his career. You think? <laughs> his career would pretty much... Now people have recovered from horrific like losing mm -hmm. a limb and maybe having a decent career but uh he's losing his toes it uh and the pictures are not pretty no yeah if you if you can't if you have a 
a sick stomach, I wouldn't look at him. But, uh, yeah. Do it after you Google Gabe Kapler. Exactly. Don't, uh, chirotherapy is not a thing you can take lightly. No. And uh, he pretty much did. Hmm. A boxer said that he um, broke his hand because a decorative cement concrete column fell on it. It was accidentally nudged, and it tipped over, and it fell on him, and it broke his hand. It was nudged. I think there's more to that That's story. True. I'm thinking he might have caused his own problem, but uh, maybe by punching the concrete <laughs> column. But that's the story he's going with. And it's not the biz- Two years ago, a guy fell down in the shower, knocked himself out, and lost two teeth. Oh, that was another boxer. So it goes... Boxing wacky injuries lately, and uh, sometimes I wonder how it's still, it's still a sport. You can make the case that it's not. Anymore. I mean, I don't have any interest in boxing. I know people do. I'm not an advocate for it either way. But a couple of weeks ago, we had two twenty-something-year-old boxers die within a five-day span yeah. from bite-related injuries. It's basically you're going to end up with CTE and a very uh, sad life, mm. pretty much, as yeah. you're done. Um, here, two, uh, well, one, Monica Puig. Monica Puig? Yeah. I'm, now I'm stumbling now around. <laughs> uh, decided to go with the first pitch. Overhand mm. serve. Yeah. Yeah. Not necessarily, like, uh, crazy funny, but I, I like it. Because it's like, first pitches can be really boring mm. a lot of times. And she decided to have some fun with it and pitched it by hitting it with a tennis racket. I like it. I like she is a tennis player, in case yes. you didn't know who she was. And I love how the Reds bring her to throw out the first pitch after trading Yasiel Puig. Yeah. I thought that was great. <laughs> Got to have a Puig in there somehow. <laughs> but uh, the uh, Mark Davis, owner of the Raiders, uh, is mm. lashing out at the A's because of the whole stadium issue yep. and uh, basically called them effing totally dysfunctional. <laughs> this is the owner of the Raiders calling the A's yeah. that way. Um, the, he has a beef with the A's because they couldn't get their deal worked out. So the A's reconfigured their seating areas, yanked out a bunch of seats, wiped out 25,000 season tickets seats. So Mark's got a huge beef with them right now. And on a side note, the Raiders Stadium, they're going to do when it's built, they're going to call it the Big Flush. <laughs> Where they're going to flush every single toilet in the entire stadium at the same time. Why? To see if it can handle pressure. Because if they're hosting a playoff game or a sellout game, maybe there's a massive plumbing problem. Now, we've seen what happened in the A's stadium because they have a lot of sewer issues with that. But a big flush is what they're going to do. But here's the thing. If there is a plumbing problem and it gets exposed by doing this, then what? Like, you have a bunch of people trapped in the stadium with toilet water spewing out everywhere. Basically. I don't think they're thinking this through too well. No, not... uh... (laughs) No, maybe if you're doing this before the season starts, yeah, but, uh, yeah, they're <sighs> Oakland. Unless you have automatic toilets, you can just press a button yeah, yeah. or something. A lot of ballparks are doing that now. Yeah. It's a lot easier, so maybe that's what they'll think. But about a lot doing. more expensive. Yeah, but. I always wondered that when I was in high school. I was like, well, it's good to know we don't have, you know, updated textbooks or anything. But, yeah, but. It still yeah, says Bill Clinton is president, yeah, but thank God our toilets flush themselves. Yeah. You know, or, or you don't stock the bathroom with materials, but hey. <laughs> what, single ply? What are we, the yeah, University yeah, of Purdue? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's step up our game a little here. Um, the last two I'm going to go with involve cops. Mm. Uh, the first one, Dan Patrick, had Peter King calling the show. Oh, yes. Peter gets pulled over in the middle of the interview and uh, hangs up, has to deal with the cop, ends up getting a ticket. Dan Patrick's having some fun with it because he's wondering <laughs> if Peter can get out of the ticket. He can't. Um, so that's got to be an interesting segment to sit there and be like, hey, guys, I just got pulled over. <laughs> I would have kept the phone on. I would have put it on speaker and then just put it underneath my seat. Oh, yeah, and or you could just say, see, I'm calling into the Dan Patrick say, officer, do you have thoughts on the Jets right now, <laughs> or something like well, that. Well, what state was he in when this happened? My guess is he was probably in New York. Because... A lot of it can depend on the state, because you know I was just in Iowa this last weekend, and the rule they enacted there a couple of years ago, you can't be on your phone for anything. Not Minnesota making a call, just... not texting Minnesota, you're right, just adopted that as well. Yeah, they're uh, really going hardcore on it. Uh, so uh... $500 fine, no warnings? Yeah, I'm not sure how New York operates, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he got 
got a ticket out of it, kind of ruined his day, kind of ruined the sh- uh, made a funny segment for the show, <laughs> but it kind of ruined his day. Um, the last thing I'm going to go with also involves cops, and we're going with incompetent cops. Mm. Okay, so the Georgia, a Georgia, Georgia Southern quarterback has now had his charges dropped for after being pulled over in South Carolina when they mistakenly thought bird poop on the hood of his car was coke. Oh, no. If you're a cop, how can you not tell the difference between coke and bird poop? <laughs> and why would he have coke on the hood of his car? Or, you know, it just... It, why would he have that? But they did a field test, and which, by the way, are very flawed. Mm-hmm. You know, like, one out of five of them fails. Right. So... There's your flaw right there. But as a cop, can you not tell the difference? I mean, that worries me if you're that dumb. Um, but anyway, he got his suspension from the school lifted in addition to that. <laughs> so basically, he got arrested and had charges filed on him and got suspended of her school over dumb cop work. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I hope he sues them. <laughs> A friend of mine is one of the assistant coaches at Georgia Southern. We went to college together. He played football. I covered his games in college, and now he's coaching them. He's part of the bowl game uh, coaching staff last year. I wonder if you know, he has some Ask him about that. that. I'm, yeah, sure, he might have some, I'm sure he'll try to get him on the show. And, <laughs> enlighten him a little bit, because I don't know how you can mistake bird poop for coke. That doesn't make any sense to me. you got a powdery substance compared to something that looks really gross. And he said... That went on his car. I went to like a car wash. I tried to clean it off. It mm-hmm. didn't go all the way. Get off all the way. But I don't know what you think about it and says, okay, it's on the hood of his car. <laughs> he was clearly snorting something on there. It's just, these guys are these are the dumbest cops I've heard in a long time. And uh, I hope he sues them because that's just ridiculous. Want to hear the most useless, unhelpful thing you'll ever hear oh, before yeah. we sign off? Sure. Last night. Three of the four NFC North teams were in action. All three of them have a head coach named Matt. Patricia, Nagy, LaFleur. And within a five-minute span, all of them used their challenge flags and lost. So in the NFC North, you have Matt, 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 and Mike. Mike's in action tonight. I'm surprised you you have to have a head coach with an M to be able to play (laughs) the the coach in the NFC North. I just think if Mrs. Zimmer decided to name her kid Matt. Oh, yeah. Matt's would have ran the North. That's weird. But a conspiracy of some sorts that all three Mats lost all their challenges with a, almost at the same time last night. So there's your useless stat. There you go. <laughs> there is nothing that I'll ever say on this show that will be more useless, yep, yep. unhelpful, uninteresting probably. But. It, it rivals that <laughs> string of like six straight Washington Redskins quarterbacks who had four letters in their name. Yeah. And then Dwayne Haskins snapped that streak last night. So a new streak is born. There you go. <laughs> we'll end on that note. That's how we're going into the weekend. <laughs> oh, I appreciate you being here as always. What do you have in your column this weekend? Uh, like I said earlier, it's uh, my package preview. I did my Lions season preview last week. Uh, people thought it was kind of funny, so I'm hoping. I know people think I bash the Packers too much up here, but uh, I'm trying to be objective with the call. you're a Minnesota guy. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm throwing a couple jabs because I did the same thing the Lions last week, so I'm throwing a couple of the Packers too, but I'm also giving an objective look on how the team's going to look too. So I hope people will find it entertaining. That is it for us. For Ryan Stieg, I'm Tanner Hoops. We out. We'll see you Monday.